Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, and uh, we're we're car casting. We're car casting, Jerry. Yes, we are. We are car casting, and there's a lot of traffic car casting along with us. <laughs> uh, so I again am James Ham, and I am traveling on Interstate 80 with the legendary Jerry Reynolds sitting next to me in the car. Um, Jerry, the Sacramento Kings are on fire. Five in a row. Uh, they just knocked off the Atlanta Hawks. The first time they've won in Atlanta since 2006. A string of 11 straight games. How shocked are you at what you're seeing from the Sacramento Kings team? Well, I'm shocked. Uh, absolutely. You know, I didn't anticipate uh, this team being this good this soon. You know, you, you always are... I mean, basically a cautiously optimistic person, and I thought that they, you know, by maybe as the year went along, they'd get better offensively, things like that. But I had no idea they could go up, go out and score the ball like they've been doing. And obviously, Vladi uh, picking up uh, Belicia and, and Yogi Ferrell uh, late, uh, especially Belicia, he's just been terrific and just kind of, you know, it's kind of really helped put the pieces together, I think. Yeah, to me, it's really surprising what we're seeing as well. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast in the past that, you know, look, it, it, best case scenario, uh, I, I think most people thought the Kings would win around 24, 25, 26 games with a, with the potential to really do a lot worse than that, maybe 21, 22 games if things went sort of the way that young teams go. Uh, and then I think the best case scenario was that maybe you capture a little bit of lightning in, in a bottle like what we saw from the Los Angeles Lakers uh, a season ago. And the Los Angeles Lakers rattle off 35, 36 wins, playing a crazy up-tempo style. They ran a couple of veteran teams off the court early in the season, and then it all kind of came crashing down around them, and they weren't able to finish strong. But this kind of feels a little different. We were talking studio tonight. And Jim Cosmore came in at halftime, right before halftime, and, and he was kind of feeling the same vibe. He said, I think the Kings are better than those teams at the bottom. And that's something that you notice too, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I kind of go through the the, uh, the whole standings every morning and look at different teams. And, and then, of course, I, I try to watch as many teams as I can just because that's what I do. But, uh, yeah, I'm convinced there's, uh, you know, the teams that were kind of supposedly in the Kings class, I've watched whether it's the Dallas or Phoenix and Cleveland, uh, Orlando, Atlanta, those those teams, and, and I've watched them before we played them, and I, and I, I just said, you know, this team, this Kings team, is better than they are. Uh, you know, there there's a notch difference, and so, you know, that was kind of where the critics and the so-called experts, and you know, and, and rightly so. I mean. They had they had the Kings uh, in that class, and I think they missed. You know, the, I think the Kings are on the way to to being one of those surprise teams. That there's always a couple of surprise teams every year. 
All right, so we're driving down I-80 again. We're uh, we're stuck. There's been some road construction. I'm not sure what's going on here, but me and Jerry, this is our, uh, I think it's our sixth road game, right, Jerry? I believe it is. Uh, yeah, we've been driving to the Bay Area non-stop, non-stop to, to work with Jim Cosmore in studio uh, while Katie Christensen is uh, is returning from maternity leave, and uh, hopefully she'll be back next week. That's the hope. Um, we've got uh, we've got a lot of good quality teams rolling through Sacramento, uh, but the Kings are again they're six and three on the season. They've won five in a row. Uh, they have an opportunity to to shock the NBA and go four zero on an early season road trip. Uh, but Milwaukee's the next stop, and Milwaukee is a different beast. They've been really good this year. Giannis Antetokounmpo has really taken a huge step forward um, in his development, and I'm mean, just as a rebounder. What kind of what kind of odds do you give the Kings against a team like this? Because it, this isn't the only team they're going to play like this. Uh, when they get back to Sacramento, you're looking at Toronto, you're looking at San Antonio, you're looking at uh, OKC again. I think there there's a list of teams that are coming through Sacramento in early November that are very good. Uh, but what do you when you look at the Kings and the way they're playing? What happens when they run up against a good team? Well, that that is the the question I think you know, and I think we'll learn a little bit uh, coming up here Sunday because the Milwaukee Bucks are a very good team. You know, they're probably a high forty to maybe even a fifty win team, I think. And 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 just looking at the at their their best players and their starters and how the Kings would match up, the only position you know where the Kings can't match up is the Datacumpo. Yes. You know, he's just simply on another level. The Kings have nobody like him, uh, at least yet. But uh, so other than that, you know, well, yeah, you, you kind of feel very pretty good about where the Kings are at the other positions. And so what does that mean? I don't know. What it probably means is for, for the Kings to have a chance to beat a Milwaukee, uh, you know, you'd have to play your best. Milwaukee maybe be a little off or maybe more importantly where I think the Kings might have a legitimate a chance is the Kings bench I think is better a little bit deeper than Milwaukee's bench so so all that being said you know hey you got to say Milwaukee's the better team right now but uh, that's where the the fun is because there's no pressure on the Kings uh, they've got a chance to take on these these uh, better teams that are considered better and uh, see what you can do and learn from it and, and maybe you might find out I always say it's a little bit like the Indiana Pacers last year after the Paul George fiasco. Everybody assumed they would be a high 20-win team, and they won 48. They actually got better. Yes, they did. <laughs> and so stuff like that does happen. I, I was watching uh, the Indiana Pacers just the other night. It might have even been last night. Sabonis fouled out late in the game with 30. Uh, Oladipo is you know rolling like he does, 23, 24, 25 points. They are a really, really good team, but they're a veteran team. I think what's intriguing about the Sacramento Kings is that you just don't know how the the system teams, the teams that come in and have a specific way of playing, or a team that's a veteran team that's always done things this way or that way, you just don't know how the Kings are going to fare against teams like that. We were talking earlier about the Spurs. Yeah, I was going to say that's a great point. And, and you know, I think we'll learn a lot because uh, the Spurs are so good at imposing their will and their style on teams. They have been for years. Mm-hmm. And obviously if the Kings can 
uh, can get them into a king's space and pace kind of game, uh, well, you like their chances. Uh, but it's also true if the Spurs can be the Spurs and, uh, and basically they can kind of pick their run off, of, off turnovers and a few things like that and then basically make you play five on five half court, then, uh, then they're going to be tough to beat. Now, we've talked a little bit about uh, exactly what you said, enforcing your style of play on another team. Also, an identity. The Sacramento Kings are forming an identity. They, they don't have an identity. They think they have an identity, but an identity isn't created in nine games. Um, you know, the identity that they're going for is this crazy, fast, up-tempo team that can score 146 points like what they did against Atlanta. Uh, but can they enforce their will on other teams? And in your experience, how long does it take before you can see if a team can actually do that? Because so far in the season, I've seen them enforce their will and just play their style, and other teams don't know what to do. They, they don't know what to do with it. I agree. You know, I, I think the early, uh, the early returns are very encouraging. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're seeing it, especially in second halves, where the Kings take over games. You know, they keep coming, they keep coming, they keep coming. And teams that, so far, most teams have been trying to run with them. And, they, they you know, you think you can do this, but the Kings are better at it, you know. And, and so sooner or later, okay, uh, we'll give you an open three, and then, then we'll take an open three on the other end, and we're better at it. And so, so you know, you have the yeah. runs now. Now the other thing I, I've noticed, at least, I think the Kings are getting a little better defensively. I, I don't think necessarily around the rim. I'm not. I, I wouldn't say that. I don't think the rim protection has gotten much better. But I think on the perimeter, I think you're seeing more forced turnovers, a little more ball pressure, uh, some things heading the right direction there. Even picking up in the backcourt a little more, which all that helps you if you want to. Get, you know, force teams to get up and down. You know, uh, you know, you're just not gonna uh, do it by. You know, I do think that the way the Kings get the ball out of bounds after made baskets and push it—that's marvelous. And and they're getting some easy baskets because of it. But I will say this: most of the really top-flight teams won't let you take advantage of them like that. And uh, you'll 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 put, be able to push it up there and get into your stuff. But you're going to be playing five on five. You're just going to be playing five on five with 18 seconds on the clock instead of uh, 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 instead of you know 14. That's right. All right. So uh, Jerry and I are approaching Dixon, lovely Dixon, right on the outside of Davis. We're on our way back towards the Sacramento area after covering the Kings Atlanta Hawks game at the studio. Um, again, this is a car cast. We we love the car cast. It's a it's a different take on the podcast. Uh, and usually it's, it's again, Doug Christie with me, but Jerry and I have been covering games nonstop over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's, Jerry, to me, it's so encouraging that they're actually getting into all kinds of different games. They're getting into games where they're allowing a team like Orlando to come back on them late, and then they're figuring out ways to win. Uh, we talked about it like three games in a row. They had had double-figure deficits in the first half, and then found ways to come alive in the third quarter uh, against the Hawks. Again, uh, what did they outscore them? 46 to 23 in the in, third quarter? In the third quarter, yes. Absolutely remarkable how they're making adjustments at halftime. 
what is it that you think that Dave Yeager has done with this club? Because for me, I'm really impressed. I know I asked him at one point, uh, what kind of coach are you? And he said adaptable. Uh, and to me, he's showing that he's a lot more adaptable than almost anyone thought he would be. Yeah, boy, I couldn't agree more with that, uh, James. I mean, you know, and I've known his uh, history a, a good bit. I mean, truly, there, there's a guy, his background in coaching is being adaptable in the minor leagues and all that. He played all different styles. Uh, you know, obviously got kind of typecast with the Grizzlies. Uh, yeah, which everyone does. Which, which is the way the Grizzlies needed to play. And, uh, it's still the way they need to play. Yeah, because they just simply can't play uh, at a high level uh, any other way. So, so that was that. But yeah, he's done a marvelous job of. And I think the one of the things that maybe impressed me the most is his consistency of saying, you know, of go, 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 go from day one. You know, I mean, it's it, there's been no hesitation. You you push it, you push it, and uh, you push the ball. You you know, if get good shots and. And, and his uh, substitutions, keeping guys fresh, uh, having confidence in, in, to put guys in the game, jerking some guys' chains when they need to be jerked. I think he's, he's a big part of it. I really believe that. I, think, I don't think he gets quite enough credit in that regard. Now, I, I'd say one other thing that's just been, been the, maybe if you had one reason of the success, uh, there, there's many, but De'Aaron Fox is the perfect point guard for this system. You know, if, if you went out and said, uh, Lord, create me a point guard, that, that <laughs> is just would be ideal to run this kind of system. You know, well, I mean, it, it looked very much like the Aaron and, and, and his personality seems to be right. He, you know, it's a fun system. It's a fun way to play. And he seems to have a lot of fun doing it. And he seems to be fun to play with. And, and that's a, you know, we're talking about John Wall, who has some of the same characteristics. But I don't think John is fun to play with. And that, at some point, that that that's a difference. That's that is going to make a huge difference. And the other thing I'll point out too is that uh, while Vladi Divac has taken a beating for some of the moves he's made, and in all honesty, Vladi's deserved it. There's some of the moves he's made, some of the things he said. Uh, they they haven't gone over well. They haven't made you know, the progress or made the sense that you'd hope they would. But De'Aaron Fox was an exceptional draft pick. Uh, it's looking very much like Marvin Bagley is an exceptional draft pick. Maybe Luka Doncic will be better. Maybe he won't. We won't know for a few more years. But for right now, we already know that Marvin Bagley is a guy who can walk into a game like the Hawks game and drop 18-6 and six without any problem. Uh, he's proven already that he's a double-figure scorer. But then on top of that, he's worked long and hard with Willie Cauley-Stein about what it is that they want from Willie, what they expect from him, what if he's going to get a big payday, what he needs to do. They've worked with Buddy Heald on his body and on becoming a more well-rounded player. Guys like Larry Lewis working with him and a lot of other assistant coaches, Brian Gates and... Uh, Jason Marsh, all these guys working with a guy like Buddy Hield. The Bielitsa signing looks like it was spectacular. Bielitsa has just been, I mean, just shockingly good. Shockingly good, Jerry. Uh, and, absolutely. I mean, he is a real player. I, I know just watch, you know, that's what happens with some players. They get in situations where they just fit. 
and that's why some guys bounce around the league for a while because it but uh, to me Bealicia you know in Minnesota was basically just a, a spot shooter yeah uh, and uh, really didn't do much else and and what we've seen here in this style of play and what he's been allowed to do he's a basketball player he can make plays off the dribble obviously a great shooter so far he's uh, but he can play around the basket he rebounds he, he can defend much much more athletic uh, and and Maybe the most important, he's got real natural basketball instincts, and uh, that can't be be taught. I mean, he's he's a he's a player, a real player that this team has made this team better, without a doubt. So that was, you know, the critics of Lottie can you can have your critic criticisms and some justifiable, but but boy oh boy, uh, when you look at his drafts, uh, I mean Willie Cauley Stein was a good pick. You may not, fans may not like him, and you you have your reasons, but. If you went and took that draft over, uh, he'd still be in the top six or seven of that draft. And uh, certainly, De'Aaron would go higher than five. And and I, and I think uh, Marvin Bagley, I, you know, I think he's an excellent pick at two. Uh, you can, you know, to compare him to somebody else, there's nobody probably other than Jaron Jackson you could even fairly compare him to because of like skills and positions, you know. You yeah. Can, I mean, it's silly to try to compare a – a, a Bagley to a Donich or a Trey Young or someone because they're not the same kind of players. Yeah. So so look, I, I'm not gonna make it all rosy on on Vlade Divac. I still think this team has holes. I still think they need a starting quality small forward. Um, but if this is a style of play, I think he's put some very nice pieces around De'Aaron Fox, and I think that those pieces are paying off. Uh, I, Buddy Heald is almost over 20 points a game. He's right a little smidge below 20 points per game. His last five games, he's not only rebounded the ball, the ball exceptionally well, but he's posted 20 points or more for five straight games. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein had a run of, I think, four straight double-doubles. These are things that we have not seen in the past. Uh, the young super team, I'm not going to go there because I, I honestly... When you say something like that, you're putting a giant target on your back. You're putting a giant target on your players' backs. Uh, but still, I, I mean, Kings fans have to be just over the moon excited. Kings still have $11 million in cap space. They still have a whole bunch of expiring contracts to work with. $60 million in cap space for next summer. If you were going into next summer, how much different does an identity, a style of play that's fun and athletic and running up and down the score the, the 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 court and tons of scoring and tons of opportunity how much does that play into how what kind of free agents you might be able to land well it's, it's going to help i mean it definitely the way they're playing now the fun quotient uh the uh the youth of the team and the prospects going forward uh, definitely put you in the in the ballpark with some guys that you wouldn't have been in before doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the the, the the top guy or something I don't know but but I, I I think you you know that's obviously been a tough thing for the Kings to attract uh, a top level guy and uh, and really I think they're going to be in the in the have a chance to do just that and if you can do that to get that one more piece and this team may just be a piece away uh, you know I agree with you I think there's you know still a, still that you're just not sure about that small forward thing if that thing could be solved uh, for you with all the other uh, 
pieces lo looking as good as they are and with further development, you could say that this team is ready to have a nice playoff run for, you know, a five, six year run. You know, very similar to the 98, 99 lockout season Kings when the, that team, you could tell, was, was going to be good. You didn't know how good, but you knew they were going to be good. You are listening to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. The new Wendy's Sauce and Bacon Classic is a twist on a favorite. The Sauce and Bacon Classic features a smoky, tangy sauce and three strips of applewood smoked bacon for a limited time at participating locations. Let's get back to the show. All right, so Jerry, uh, not to like bum fans out, but the month of, Dece uh, of November is rough. I mean, the schedule is absolutely brutal. How important do you think it is, not just for uh, the fans, because I know fans are so invested at this point there, and they're getting invest more and more invested with every win, but really that the team looks at the schedule in November, takes it game by game, and says, look, it doesn't really matter what record we come out of this month. We need to play hard. We need to continue to grow. We need to continue to produce the type of basketball that – you know we're capable of and if that amounts to a two and an eight record or a or a five and five record or whatever it might be in the month of November because the schedule gets really hard so I, I guess my question is how do we how do we temper the excitement of today with how difficult the next four weeks are going to be and say look when they come out of this you shouldn't have given up on them and if they heaven forbid they they've blown up and they've won a bunch of games that again no one expected them to that you shouldn't get too high on them either because it's a young team and there's going to be mistakes there's going to be down times well there's going to be some rough patches you you know that going in and obviously and the schedule is the schedule and that's what you know I, I i wouldn't you know i'd be more more concerned about the players and the fans i think the fans are you know got to be pretty happy with what they've seen but uh, there will be rough patches and if I'm if I'm talking to players I'm saying look the schedule is going to be tough there'll be times when it won't be tough uh, yeah. that's what the schedules are you have 41 on the road 41 at home and sometimes are really tough games sometimes are easy games your job is to be prepared to play them as best you can every night uh, win as many as you can these are teams that nobody expects don't think you should win but we think you should win. Play them to win, and if you do, and the worst, if you play well and you don't win, you should keep in mind. Okay, we're going to get better. To so these very same teams that we are not quite good enough to beat now, come March, we want to beat them, yeah. and we'll expect to beat them. All right. So Jerry and I are cruising across the causeway. We can see the uh, the blinking lights of the Sacramento skyline. Golden One is over there somewhere. I'm not sure where. Um, just from this angle, but uh, look, the Sacramento Kings are getting a major addition coming. I think it's next Wednesday. Well, th at least there's a lot of hope that there will be a major addition in the form of Bogdan Bogdanovich. Number one, how do you fit a player in like this when you're already having success without messing with the chemistry, without taking a step back? And number two, how does he fit with what they're doing? Well, that's a great question, James, and I. I think with Bogey, fortunately, he is so skilled, and he's a multi-position guy and an unselfish guy and a terrific shooter, so he fits all the criteria. Now, having said that, 
it will be a challenge for, for Coach Yeager because it's important for Bogey to come in and fit in. The team doesn't have to adjust to Bogey. It's going good. So let him come in and fit in, and he might, uh, you know, because and Bogey won't be 100% anyway. You know, he's going to have a little rust. So I would say just try to fit him in, uh, get, him, uh, get him some good minutes early at several spots, uh, extend those minutes, and see where it goes and see where uh, how – how quickly uh, you know he can be back to bogey, a 30-minute player and 35-minute player, but uh, you know there it. I, I wouldn't rush it. You know, I mean, he's coming off a knee surgery. It may not be a major thing, but with bogey and the team's going good, hey, bogey's bogey will co- want to come in and do what he can to help, and it won't be long till he will help this team get a little bit better. But uh, you know how you use him and all that, you don't have to decide that day one. You know, you and I have had some discussions on this, and I still think Bogdan it should should jump right in the starting lineup. You like him potentially as maybe a super sub, a Manu Ginobili type. Um, I think there's a happy medium between both of those where Bogdanovich starts alongside Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox, and they run a three-guard set for a lot of the time. Uh, but at the same time, when, uh, when they start making moves that they leave Bogdanovich in to run certain things. They move him to the bench while they try other things. Um, He seems to be a really versatile player, and I think he can fit in just about anywhere. And I also think that that small forward position, while we've seen some good games from Ramon Shumpert and we've seen some okay things from Justin Jackson, there are some major minutes available right there at that spot. Well, that's the spot. And uh, actually, if if I had my druthers, I'm just – selfish here I would uh, you know if once bogey is 100% healthy and comfortable I really believe I'd, I've always believed you put your best players on the floor so I, I'd actually play buddy and bogey and and De'Aaron all at the same time because I don't think your rebounding would suffer at all or your defense I think you're putting a better basketball player on the floor and so he's a inch shorter or inch and a half shorter big big damn deal <laughs> especially I mean, in today's uh, NBA. I mean, especially the way Buddy rebounds, and then Bogey does too. So I think you actually get better rebounding, and you get better defensively, and you get better shooting. So I'm, I'm probably at a loss here to have find out what's worse with that. But if, in fact, Dave didn't would prefer to go with a bigger small forward, then I'd like the idea of Bogey being the, the sixth man because he's a three-position player. And, uh, you know, and so – and the plus the fact that that buddy has been brilliant i mean he's been playing like an all-star so to me it just wouldn't be fair to take him out of the lineup when you when you got a guy playing as well as he's playing so i guess that would be my my thoughts at, at this point anyway you know we you just brought up buddy there and i agree with you buddy has been absolutely spectacular uh, i i'm shocked how good he's been this season uh, just so people know, Jerry and I are driving over the top of the Sacramento Bridge. I mean, the Sacramento River uh, right there at West Sac. Um, we're heading back towards the Sacramento area. Uh, but Buddy has been so much better than I expected. Are you surprised that he's been able to find ways to, to help this team outside of just being a shooter? Yes and no. Uh, you know, I mean, I think he has made strides more strides than I, I probably would have expected but yet 
I was, I'll tell you, I was a huge fan last year. I, I thought the second half of the year, I thought that guy, when you look at his numbers uh, the last 30 games or so, I mean, he was basically a 50, 40, almost 90 guy then. That's and, true. And uh, the only thing he wasn't doing was getting to the line, but he was guarding people, really a tough-minded guy, uh, trying to make plays, I mean, and, and was making more of them. And, that, you know, the, re the reality is he's better in all those phases. And, uh, you know, I'm... I'm on I'm on the buddy bandwagon, so I, I don't really care. You know, I mean, everybody can have their own opinions, but I, I think this guy, this guy can be a, a major scorer in this league, and you know he can get his 20, give him 35 minutes, and he'll get you 23, 24 points on about 17 shots, and and uh, that wins ball games. That wins ball games, and uh, the Sacramento Kings continue to win. All right, Jerry, uh, we are. See where are we? We're at the uh, the I five eighty interchange. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Carcast. Do you have any final thoughts, Jerry? Final thoughts? Uh, always fun to do a Carcast with James Ham and talk hoops. I mean, we're kind of a simple-minded people. We only know one thing to talk about: basketball. That's right. <laughs> Two and a half hours each way talking basketball. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Insider Podcast. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll mix it up. We'll do other things like bring Doug Christie back in. Uh, but sometimes it's just easier when Doug is on the road and you got Jerry sitting next to you in a car to have a little car cast. So, again, thank you for listening to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. Sacramento Kings are 6-3. and three. They're winning. It's fun basketball. We'll see you next week. All right, you've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with Doug Christie and another great guest. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon. In 2020, we all miss seeing friends and loved ones. With the U.S. Bank Altitude Connect Visa Signature Card, it's easy to reconnect again. Earn five times points on prepaid hotels and car rentals booked directly in the Altitude Rewards Center. Earn four times points on travel and at gas stations. Two times points on groceries, dining, and streaming services. Plus, get 50,000 bonus points when you spend $3,000 within the first 120 days. That's a $500 value. Learn more at usbank.com slash Altitude Connect. The U.S. Bank Altitude Altitude Connect Visa Signature Card is issued by U.S. Bank National Association, N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.